0: love talk radio
1: good day good day thank everyone for being thanks to everyone for being here with us this is you are okay co-hosted by bob and mara and our show is called you are okay welcome to our show welcome to our appointment with love thank you for sharing your time with us we appreciate you being here good morning mara how are you today
2: I'm doing very well. How are you today?
1: I'm doing wonderful. I spent some good amount of time outside listening to the birds by the water, and it was just lovely. Just a lovely morning. I feel very you know,
2: good today. You know, the same for me. It's kind of interesting. The last four days I haven't worked, and I mean I've been pretty true to that. Not perfect, but pretty true to that. And what has been interesting is that I've sat here at the computer uh, desk and I've looked out the windows and there's these beautiful, beautiful, there used to be this wonderful tree arrangement and my landlord sent in the lumberjacks so they aren't all there anymore. But I could see the energy as the sun would come through the leaves. I think we've all seen that. We just maybe haven't opened our eyes to see it. And this is like the fourth day that I've got to see that. So my life is wonderful today. It's going to be a hot day here, though. People call that the, um, you can see the heat. I think you can see the heat. (laughs) So what's it like over there in Austin?
1: Oh, it's just a beautiful morning. As you know, I've been staying in Phoenix for the last three weeks, and there it's just been so hot that actually 90 degrees here seems kind of cool. (laughs)
2: Even with the humidity?
1: <laughs> yeah, it ha- the humidity hasn't been bad. We had a very a powerful little storm that passed by for about 15 minutes with some very strong winds. And we kind of were on the patio, and, and Micah was grabbing up some stuff that he didn't want to blow away. And I was just enthralled with all of that wind, because I remember last week I'd sit out in the balcony in the morning in Phoenix, and, and I... What would come through my mind was is that there wasn't wind, no wind whatsoever. And I was sitting at treetop level and listening to a lot of birds that were out there, but there was just no wind whatsoever. And, you know, sometimes I think it's too windy where we live, and because of the way that our backyard is situated, the wind tends to be there. And times I think, wow, I wish it wasn't so windy. And...
2: You know-
0: when
1: it wasn't there I really missed the wind and I kind of was looking forward to seeing feeling wind coming home and wow I got to see the wind it tore the neighbor's fence down unfortunately I was so strong
2: watch what you wish for (laughs) exactly we have here what they call the delta breeze I think I may have mentioned it another time on the show which is basically the winds coming off where the Sacramento deltas out before it goes into the ocean and uh, it is always very pleasant when those winds kick in. I know the minute you see the trees starting to move, you know you can turn the air conditioning off, which in today's world is just so important. I'm going to stop uh, Diarbi's First Light of Mind, uh, which we use as our introduction music today. Uh, I know we have some... um, Some kind of business stuff to talk to all of you about. First of all, know that we are not asking that you vote for either John McCain nor for Barack Obama. We both have our own choices. uh, But we are not asking you, uh, we are not encouraging you to vote for anyone. Uh, We have no control over who advertises on our site. That's done by the radio station. And that actually works well for us because it generates money that we can put into our foundation. So we don't uh we don't object to there being advertisements but we do want you to know that we are espousing neither candidate and that is especially so for me since uh, McCain has twice as many ads on our side as Obama <laughs> and I go oh wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> So with that said, that's one record-keeping or business thing that we wanted to talk about. The other is we want to share with you our call-in number, which is 646-595-3584. And, Bob, um, I'm going to pass it back to you. Uh, Those were the two things that I remembered we wanted to ask people. There are probably others
1: I think that, that I, those are the things I remember we wanted to ask folks is to remember that we're not in charge of the advertising. I see that they're advertising for a Buick there right now. And, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, it's, we're, we're all, you're open to make your own decisions.
0: <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. I
1: just wanted to briefly remind folks that on Fridays that Mara does a guided meditation where she, uh, Shares a meditation with everyone, and uh, from a book that she wrote together with love, with God, with Yahweh, with Buddha. Remember, we collectively call all the gods the many faces of God. Love on our show. the 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 meditation for this week is: Many times, human relationships present issues so profound it is easier to just not bother it's when they become, when we get into those relationships that are so profound, I think it is very easy for us to walk away and not present ourselves in the manner that we should, or we walk away because it's too difficult or we don't feel comfortable, but it's in those times. I think that we need to really live in the moment and think about what would we want someone to do to us in that situation when we want them to walk away or should we embrace them and, And fold them with love and make sure that they're doing all right and not walk away and it's i think too many times it's how we fracture relationships is that we don't maybe we don't know what to say but it's okay there's nothing better than having a friend that you can call and talk to about a problem and have them say nothing but you've known that they listen and remember silent and listen have the same letters in them and it means much more to me that I could sit with someone or talk to someone on the phone and know that they're listening to me. But their silence doesn't mean that they don't care. It means that they're respecting you in the situation that you're discussing at that time.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's well said. Also, you know, uh, part of the idea. Of of relationships is so many people are turning away from actual time with one another. I think perhaps my generation is the beginning of that, or perhaps my parents was when the radio came in. But suddenly, rather than people... spending time with each other, getting to know each other, sharing things that are going on in their lives. People um, spend time watching television shows or uh, in my mom and dad's day listening to a favorite radio program. And what so often happens, at least in my mom and dad's day when they were listening to a radio program, I can remember this because my grandma didn't have uh, a television initially, if yes, people would, after it was over, they would all be talking and laughing about it. Can you believe he said that? Can you believe he said that? This, and they had in their mind's eye, they had each developed the characters, how they looked, and they shared their thoughts. I mean, they reconstructed the program on some level there right. in the room.
1: Just, people had, thought, I just flash back to something that I probably never would have thought about, except in this context, I can remember my grandparents had a television but on so in the mornings, my grandfather always listened to the radio, and he listened to the radio all the time in the car, and the thing on Saturday morning was, as you listened to the honeymooners, and you kept your mouth shut, that was for sure, you didn't talk while the radio okay. show was on, and mm-hmm. it was, that's what it was, is he and my grandma would talk about the show afterwards, and and share about what they were doing, and they would be laughing, and of course, you know, as a kid, you laugh along, and you don't even know why you're laughing, and...
2: Exactly.
1: It might be kind of fun to listen to those shows to see what I wasn't getting back then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I know. I have a feeling they were a little more provocative. When I sometimes hear things, I think, oh, my gosh. And we think we're all that because we're having full frontal nudity on television anymore. But, um, the re- I mean, I'm serious. You know, they said some pretty provocative things, you know. But, uh, but what happened was, you know, I think that when television first came into the homes, uh, there was still this tendency to talk. And I can remember to talk about what you were seeing on TV with friends and could you believe that? And I know some people do. I know there are women who watch soap operas and then go into work the next day and they talk about what's going on in the life of whomever, whomever. But um, I think that that is – not as much the norm. I think that we tend to come in, we turn the television sets on, we turn off our social relationships in our home, we start watching television when it gets to be 11 o'clock on the dot and either the news is over or the news is beginning, depending upon what your time zone is and your television zone is. The television goes off, people go to bed, and maybe if they're lucky they might talk for a few minutes about their days before they they put their head to rest. And so their their relationships are with inanimate objects and are, or non-real people, make-believe lives, and they judge their own lives against make-believe lives. And yet what's interesting in those make-believe lives, my gosh, this is just like an epiphany. I think you know what I mean when I say that. In those make-believe lives, they they don't sit around watching tv <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> or they don't spend their time sitting in front of the computer screen communicating with in- invisible people i mean in in the make believe world everybody is doing all of these relationship building kinds of things but it takes time it, it takes subliminating your own concepts of righteousness and embracing people for who they are. It, it's really uh, an investment. And, it is. uh
1: How boring it would and, be to turn on the TV and watch people watching TV.
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so here we are. Uh, you know, and... Yet we can all do those things. We can all go for a walk down the block and have an ice cream cone. We can all pull out a game. We can all do all of the things. We can go to a movie or put a movie on. I mean, there are things. And then talk about it. Interact socially about it instead of just limiting our involvement. And I really believe that that, in part, is what that passage is about. It's, it's, It's... both about ending relationships, maintaining relationships, sustaining relationships, opening relationships, and also having relationships. Uh, that's why we could probably meditate on that one passage for an entire year on its own.
1: Absolutely. Because, you know, what just came to my mind is, you know, that we walk away from a relationship when those profound problems happen because on TV what happens, a profound uh, there's some profound uh, problem or or situation that arises between characters in a show, and boom, they kill them off. Or
2: good point, that they they're gone.
1: Don't, and so we look at TV and we take too much of that into our personal lives. Rather than having our own mind, we we allow Hollywood to take over our our mind and our actions.
2: Good point. We even it even creates kind of a romantic romanticization of how we think how relationships should be. Uh, you know, I, I, that probably comes both from it comes from books, but when you go past books, uh, you see it actually. What we're seeing on TV is a very romantic concept of life of reality. It's not real. I mean, everything isn't perfect. Everyone isn't, oh, you look lovely. Everyone isn't the perfect size. Uh I mean, everyone doesn't have expectations that exceed reality and yet on television on in the movie theaters that's all we're bombarded with is this perfection these perfect bodies it's no wonder women uh in our society and men too uh you know crave youth because that's all we see that's romanticized is being staying a particular age not embracing who you are not loving who you are not saying i am enough but instead i would be enough if i were this size again this. like i was 17 yeah. Yeah, and I looked like I was 17 and I had the energy of when I was 17 and all of these romanticized ideas are projected now into a real life visionary. So you could when you read a book, you could imagine they would describe the woman as as being a mature figure, and you could see her there and you and you would embrace her there when that woman suddenly turns up on the movie screen she 's a size minus two zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a zero, and if you are ever above uh, a, a single digit you 're fat you 're obese, and we've we've created this dislike of ourselves all because we don't bother to build relationships loving ourselves you know the man that i was involved with um until just about a year ago um he he at least liked me physically you know but i didn't like myself physically i kept seeing these images sent out there and i was convinced he really wanted that image and i really wanted it too But because I didn't have it, I denigrated myself. I gossiped about myself. I put myself down, made myself less than. And um, the relationship suffered because of it, in part because. But, I mean, there were many dynamics in that crazy relationship. Believe me, I'm not going to pick on one and say I'm all the fault. But, you know, relationships are tough, folks, and they're They're not going to get easy by watching romanticized images and then taking those images and applying them into your relationship, thinking you know how the other person is thinking, rather than just talking together.
1: Let me go back to the Hollywood part of of television and the way that it makes us all have these uh, terrible expectations of ourselves and of others, and You know, then what what is the thing that everyone does these days? And it seems like it's even – the news media even perpetuates this is the gossip. The gossip in Hollywood. That's what everyone wants to know. You go to this grocery store, you can't get away from it because you get in line. Oh, perfect. You're right. Here it is. Hollywood is there in front of you. Who's pregnant? Who's getting divorced? Who, you know, had sex with an alien last week or whatever. You know, all this craziness is there. And – it's just overpower, overpowering at times, and I think that is why we have trouble these days having relationships with others and a relationship with ourselves because we think that, you know, just take, for example, I was stuck in an airport for hours and hours and hours, and the only place that uh, my colleague and I could plug in to be online and doing some work, man, uh Getting, you know working on things other than sitting in the airport thinking in how dreadful it was to be sitting there was um, next to the TV. And it was this mm-hmm. big flat-screen TV, and it was rolling the news. And, you know, I don't, if, if you have someone, people that have CNN on all the time or Fox News or other stations, not to be plugging any of them, but they, it just repeats over and over and over again, and it gets more dramatic as the time goes by. And,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. wow, we were sitting there and we are just, it, finally a flight got out and people got up and we just ran to find cover from this awful stuff that they were putting on TV and making such a big deal about petty, stupid things. It's like, you know, yes. they don't talk about the war, they don't talk about anything for self-improvement or anything for to help with our daily lives it was just crap that was coming across and over and over and over and you keep hearing it and we were just looking at each other just laughing in the end and actually the following day we emailed each other and said hey did you know that this you know it became Mm -hmm. just funny to the both of us that wow it really became a realization that, that just we don't get information that is useful
2: no, we don't. And you could spend an hour at least every night, and then there's probably repeats somewhere on five or six stations, watching what's happening in Brittany's life or in Lindsay Lowen's life or in, uh, I don't know, whomever else, some young, beautiful woman who just needs to have a few minutes of privacy, who doesn't need to be have her her most minute flaw exposed and growing up and up and up and up until it's all that encompasses Our image of her, or they try to make it that way, and then you completely denigrate your own image. My gosh, folks, if we only focus on the negative, you know, but before we get going and start reading our passages and talking about impeccable words, I think we probably should spend a few minutes getting centered and so that we can join together. Someone thanked us for combining Western and Eastern thoughts in our program. We live very Western lives.
0: Yes. We recognize
2: we, do. we recognize we we both grew up in uh, Bob in a a combination of a conservative and fundamental upbringing, uh Catholicism and then just a fundamental road show type uh religion revivalism excuse me i didn't mean roadshow like that was negative negative. and i grew up in revivalism and in methodism being a methodist and so we grew up in the this this christianity and this is it was such a big big wall for both of us to take down to step out and look at love was huge, and we've said that to you before. And so we're just regular people living a Western life who who have recognized that there's peace in the messengers' messages that have been coming to man since time immemorial, that man has somehow missed. And today we're going to just spend a little bit of time talking about how we don't add to the peace when we gossip. But Bob, if you'll lead us in our... um, our centering, and I'm going to play uh, Terry Oatfield's "Om um, Shante" behind us.
1: Ah, thank you. Wonderful piece. Again, thank everyone for being with us, and let's center ourselves today. And again, I'll use the centering exercise by Janelle Moon. I think it's just such a great set of words, and, and makes and just brings me to center thinking about it, and it goes right. Ra- And it revolves around the heart and that's where we've in our culture have placed love is in our heart and let's just touch our heart or maybe even just feel your pulse beat and think about how wonderful it is and the mystery and miracle of life and how we have a heart that beats without us thinking about it and how we're all full of love There is a seed in you that is your center. It is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart, in the deepest place of your being where love is never ending. It is the place where love can find protection. Love can find its root. Love can find its wings to grow. This is your center. This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in which you matter from your heart you are centered you are in a green growing place of love love starts with you and shines its face on you love loves you love spreads to your neighbors to the world you are centered you are love you are centered in the wonder of love let us take some deep breaths together and clear out our minds and let's just ponder on a few words today that I'll Read out three times each, and as, and let's just think of these words and how we can bring them into our life and let them fulfill us without the need for gossip. Let's just think of love. Let love enfold each one of you as you breathe in. Pull the air up through your feet and think of love and how love is warming and embracing this all, giddy and warm inside. Think of love as you pull that breath up through your body. And think of love again and how warm it is as you pull the air up through your crown chakra. And you allow the air to flow now down your back and down your spine and you feel your body lining up. You feel the chakras from the base to the crown lining up and feeling them in harmony. Think of peace. Think of peace. Send thoughts of peace to those that are around you. Face peace and fold yourself in peace and think of pulling that air and how peace is to oxygenate your body. Feeling peace as you fill your lungs. Fill them up with air. As much air as you can. Pull it in. It oxygenates your blood and as you exhale the air think of the peace that it brings to you as you think of nothing and push the air out of your lungs and let all of the air out let all of the stale oxygen out of your lungs thankful be thankful that of air be thankful for heart and our lungs and our body systems and bodily functions that we have that just work without us those and be thankful for those who have touched you in a positive way, and be thankful for those who have maybe not had such a positive reflection on us, and them thoughts of love. And as you pull that air up, pull that we have our air to breathe, be thankful for everything around us, and let's all together pull in one last deep breath and just think of how thankful we are there let's ex- and now let's relax enjoy the music and take in some deep breaths and silence listening to the music let it energize you let it align up your chakras and release anything that might be blocking any of the chakras in you Face chakra or if you're feeling any pains in your body allow that energy from your chakras to be un- allow it to be cleared up and release anything that's there in your body
2: Let us reach our right arm out and feel the energy of those who are listening now and those who will join us later as we form a circle around our planet, Earth, expanding and opening our hearts and our minds so that we encompass all that is, so that we can feel love passing between us as our arms and our energies link, knowing that one alone amongst us is enough to make a difference and that one soul amongst us is enough to encase this entire planet in love if we believe that is possible. Let us reach our left arm out and close the circle so that we are together aligned right arm to left arm circle open, open to all that the universe offers us, looking to live and demonstrate love, looking to soften our hearts so that when we touch others, we see the divinity in them and we recognize their value, we recognize their nature and their in loving them we love our that we give others the kind of treatment and the kind of words that we would want someone to give to us if we were in the same circumstance and that we know no matter what words others may use to describe us that we are love that we are part of a messenger network of love that we are revolutionaries in a society that doesn't value love but can't because it is our innate nature to love let's imagine our hearts opening up sending forth effervescent effervescent light that spreads out and encircles the globe see the people you love in your life Fill them in. Cover them up with your love. Forgive yourself for not being perfect, for being the subject of gossip. Forgive yourself because you have done nothing. You have done nothing. But be the person that you are. And that is a person grounded in love. Circle the loving energy around yourself and know you are in Let us say three times together. I, I am enough. I am, am enough. I,
3: am,
1: I enough.
2: am enough. Feel the energy of love going up through your divining rod and going out through your crown chakra out through your crown chakra uniting with all that is and transfusing with the energy of love back through your body forgiving yourself for words that you have said that have been less than loving forgiving yourself for reactions to times Situations that were less than loving and knowing that when you are not your highest self, you are providing others the chance to be their highest selves, and that we are in this life both teachers and students working together. And now, for our final three deep breaths, breathe in knowing and say to yourself, I am love. breathe out, saying, just as I am. I am loved, just as I am. I am loved. Namaste. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Bob, for this centering. Those exercises just set the stage for a week of love for me, every week. Thank you. I can't tell you how much I value you.
1: Oh, the same here. I value this time, this appointment that we have with love, and it's just the time to be able to be at peace and to share that peace with others, and hopefully by doing so, other people will find peace and have a better week. The What we wanted to talk about today is gossip, and how that affects our lives and how that clogs us up when we're participating in that type of behavior, and how... We don't like it when people gossip about us or we hear through others something that many times gossip is, you know, sort of like the, you know, taking two tin cans and putting a string in between them and, you know, having a conversation and you hear pieces of it and then you go away and, you know, some of those pieces are misinterpreted and it just causes for a lot of hurt for the person that's involved in the, on the one end of gossip and, and Many times in the end, it also causes hurt amongst the people that were gossiping, and it's probably one of those things that's profound and hurts relationships is because of gossip and
2: absolutely, absolutely always reminds me of that game we played in kindergarten where the teacher would say one thing. I think it was our first lesson in Don't Gossip where she would say one thing in the first little kid's ear, and then they would whisper in your ear all the way down. And we were all just learning to whisper, so we weren't real good at it, and it felt so funny to feel someone's lips on your ear and it tickled. And then they would tell you something, and the teacher would say, we're going to have bananas for lunch. And when it came out at the other end, it was uh, something like we're going to McDonald's. For lunch. I mean, it was completely a different story, or maybe uh, Abel had uh, a banana. I mean, it was it was just crazy. It would have some semblance to the truth, but it would be so distorted that we would all giggle and laugh and land the ground. Uh, so, to me, that's what gossip is about. That was the first lesson, in don't gossip. and I still remember the feeling of the little boy who was beside me passing the story on, and I tried very hard to say exactly what he said to me but I was still my ear was still tingling from his his lips kissing my ear which was nice
1: <laughs> and I think you know that does it causes you know as that tingling in the ear we kind of get that kind of rush when we hear gossip or tell gossip because we like that feeling of knowing something that someone else didn't know and sharing that with them and it makes us seem as if that makes the relationship with that person better because we're sharing something that's "quote unquote" secret, and
2: yeah, we're in the know. That's a very good point. Yeah, we're in the know. Oh my gosh, you're exactly right. Absolutely.
1: And what you know, what one should do instead is, when you hear gossip, is to, con- especially if it's something about you that someone else said, or even if not, is just talk to that person and say, "Hey, this is what I've heard. Is it true?" And you know that may be become hurtful as well, but at least it dispels that myth and gives that person a chance to sometimes clear their name or to make the air clear and to be able to have an open and honest relationship with someone, which is what makes a relationship work is the openness and honesty.
2: Yeah, in fact, Jesus is uh, considered to have told his disciples and his followers that uh that when you hear something the first thing that is is negative the first thing you do is you approach the person right who is who is making the comment and and you ask them about that comment you know and and what was going through their mind and what were they thinking about and uh why they came to believe as they did. You know, the magic word, why, 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 little kids ask it all the time until we turn it off in them, but it's the most powerful, powerful question and so short. Well, why? Why would you think that?
1: I remember my aunt bought me a a book or a set of books when I was a kid because I asked why about everything. And the mm-hmm. series was called The Book of Why, and as Why is the Sky Blue, Why is Grass Green, Why all of these different things, and I remember then we passed it on to her kids, and it was the book of why. And it looks like we have a caller. Yes. So we all would right. Like
2: hey, let
1: me... Our caller.
2: Yeah, and you're doing a wonderful awesome.
1: job on the switchboard. Wow, you really got the music down. It used to...
2: Thank you. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> it was Hello.
1: Those, always talked about and went, oh, no, the music's too loud or too soft or didn't play or... And it's just been working out wonderfully the last couple of weeks. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. We're getting it. We're getting it, folks. We're we're getting better. I always said we would laugh at the way we were in the beginning. Hello. How are you?
3: I am well. How are you, Mara? How are you, Bob? Wonderful. I'm fine.
2: This is Brian. Bob, this is Brian.
1: Hi. Nice to meet you, so to speak.
3: <laughs> yeah. Nice to talk with you.
2: Yeah, Brian has invited, for our listeners, Brian has invited Bob and I, and we are greatly honored to agree, to be a part of his show, which is under Nara Narayana, uh, here on Blog Talk Radio, and it will be next week on the 28th, am I right on that, which is, I believe, Saturday, and it is 3 to 5?
3: Yeah, 3 to 5 Pacific Daylight Time.
2: Yes, thank you. I always forget that I'm in the specific zone here. So yes. So anyway, that's wonderful. And Brian has agreed to join us and talk with us uh, a bit today. He knows that we're talking about gossip. And um, did you want to add something now, Brian, or we were going to go and read some passages? But do you have something uh, that that has moved you to say right now?
3: Well, yeah. Like you guys are saying, with um, you know, asking asking the question why. You know, I have, finally, I have found it um, very important to ask that question uh, just about, uh, you know, on any situation in your life. And I've come to find that when you do ask that question why and that person is honestly telling you, you know, why they did something, you get to actually see the situation from their eyes. And then in that, you can understand where they were coming from. And I have found that when you can do that, you can actually begin to forgive them because you see that what they did was justified in their eyes and for the most part they usually aren't attacking you there was just some kind of misunderstanding that took place in the communication
1: right it's about <laughs> listening and then being silent and letting them talk and letting them and letting letting them give you their impression of the situation because we don't always stop to do that so it is important to ask why And it keeps us living in the moment, too, I think, when we ask why, because we'll get more familiar with that situation and we don't let it become a situation that becomes something that we want to run away from and not confront.
2: Exactly. You know, it's perception. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, people's perceptions are their perceptions. And, uh, you know, so, and they have a right to those. Uh, That's one of the biggest challenges its just in my mind uh, many times is allowing people to just have their perceptions uh, one of the when this morning in preparing for this program, uh, I think uh, probably each one of the three of us went uh, to to our own um, our own sources to find out what to talk about, and I found that it was so interesting that this morning at seven when I started preparing. I was overwhelmed with a desire to change. Bob's in my profile picture. Don't, get, don't ask me why. But the one that's up there is of Santa Fe and a place that is sacred to both Bob and I. And then I kept researching the tree in the garden, which is uh, the Badaharma story about why uh, Buddhism came to China. And for me, that passage, and believe me, folks, perception is so important we all get to have our own perception and for me that passage about why did bada come to china uh... and the response from the novitiate who wanted to be the leader of the chinese buddhist movement that the tree in the garden is reflective of the idea that we need to stay in the moment we we need to stay in the moment and and but in the process of researching, I came across all of these various uh, discussions about trees in religion. And the Garden of Eden, of course, and, and the tree of fruit and of, of knowledge. And uh, uh, I kept reading. Yeah, the burning bush, exactly. I mean, I'm like reading about trees and reading about trees and thinking hmm, what's going on? So then when Bob and I are talking just before the program, we, pri- we prime each other. I, uh, I said, well, let me just look one more time. Now, every time I put in the tree in the garden, I would end up with a different set of research tools. And then I came to Luke 6, chapter 6, verse 43 through 46, verses 43 through 46. And I thought, oh, my goodness love was certainly leading me there. I use the Good News Bible people. It's the one that was part of my Methodist upbringing. And it goes, "A tree and its fruit." This also, by the way, can be found in Matthew verses 7:16 through 20 and 12:33 through 35. A healthy tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a poor tree bear good fruit. Every tree is known by the fruit it bears. You do not pick figs from thorn bushes or gather grapes from bramble bushes. A good person brings good out of the treasure of good things in his heart. A bad person, which by the way, I don't think there is such a thing, brings bad out of his treasure of bad things. The most telling part of the sentence, the verse is this, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It goes wow. along
0: with with
1: with the idea of you know you are what you say. And that's yes. like be be impeccable with your word as Don Miguel Ruiz says and watching out what you say because what you say is may come to pass or you know, as many t- times people will say, you know, that your words may come back to haunt you.
2: Yes. Yes. Exactly, and I, did you want to say something, Brian?
3: Yeah, um, I really did like that passage that you just read, and um, when you finished it, it, it just brought to mind. Um, recently, I've been studying uh, a course in miracles. Yes. And there's this, um, you know, there's this um, quote from it that's just truly profound that that speaks on basically what exactly what you just said, and I'd like to read that right now. Please. It says, What would you see? The choice is given you. But learn and do not let your mind forget this law of seeing. You will look upon that which you feel inside. If hatred finds a place within your heart, you will perceive a fearful world. If you feel the love of God within you, you will look out on a world of mercy and full of love.
2: Yes, that's lovely. Very lovely, exactly. And, you know, it's like in back in 1938, Yogananda gave a speech to the people who were living at Mount Washington. It had very similar components the idea that we make choices in 1938, folks. You know, we've been talking about love softening our words and our minds and our eyes and our hearts, and it's not something that's new. We've had messengers for a very long time, and yet for some reason we resist the idea that using words to cut against someone's value is um cutting against our own value. You know, when I was doing my research today I came to find out that there is actually a study. It's like you can get a degree in gossip, I guess. Not in gossip, but in studying gossip. And and so all talking about
1: a PhD. there I, are people that may seem to have a PhD in gossip.
2: Yes, there are well, I <laughs>
3: I thought people had a whole entire magazines on such a, a, a contract. Yes, they do. <laughs> they
2: do. <laughs> Check out Counter News. <laughs> But I was just surprised to see that there's actually, I mean, there are books being written about gossip. And there there are some utilitarian functions of talking about other people. And I think that we should make clear here today that we are not saying you can never talk about another person. You know, negatively uh, is what we're talking about. If you should try to imagine if you were that person in that position. what would you want done for you?
3: and well, then that's might, what
2: you should do. I'm sorry I was
3: just going to say if I might add um you know all I'm sure all three of us can agree that you know what you really want to do is try to stay in the moment as much as possible. Yes, absolutely and absolutely. so if, if you think about that why would you talk about anyone that is not in your presence anyway? Because that's not of the moment. This is That
2: is true. That is true. Although I think sometimes we do, there can be room for celebrating someone. Sure. Who, I was just who's not
3: myself. there. I, should, uh, that
2: in the I, I agree with you. No, I, I do. I agree with you. I think that... Um, if we focus on what is in front of us, there isn't much time.
0: There should
2: be no time left to focus on what is not there. And I think that is true. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, sometimes, even if not of our doing, the moment does become preoccupied by someone who is not present. And it's during those times that we have to face the challenge of not um, joining in negative discussion about someone. Right. I recently had someone say to me, "Now, don't defend her," and I was just really taken back. So I was in the moment with other people who were talking about someone, and I. Started to explain what I thought might be going on in in perhaps a protective mode for that person, how I would want to be viewed, and the response that came back to me was, "Don't defend her." Right. You know what? I'd rather somebody say that <laughs> than you know, oh, then participate in it. Because let's talk about how we feel when if we've gossiped. Is there anyone amongst the three of us who has never gossiped?
1: <laughs> if you okay. say that you haven't, you're telling a lie. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Exactly. <laughs> well, let me tell you, after I gossip, I feel dirty and ugly inside.
1: And we should. How do you
2: feel? Yeah. How do you feel, Bob?
1: Yeah, you feel bad. You feel that you, you know, I think I shared with you this morning that, the, you know, someone had shared some gossip with me and, you know, it wasn't really, it wasn't, you know, I guess we have to kind of define what gossip is, too. Someone had told me something about someone, but they had heard it firsthand. So is that gossip, or is that just, you know, telling you something about someone? And, you know, my reaction was, first of all, I already knew, and I already intuitively knew, but I just went to that person and said, hey, I heard this, and, you know, all and all was well and it wasn't like i was you know i didn't look at it as gossip but i think that's what you know some definition around what real gossip is might be important for
2: i think that's right cuz to me it's it's not it's not celebrating someone
1: right it's saying something yeah. negative about that person or saying something that maybe is it negative but something that they wouldn't want other people to know or that they would want to tell you themselves because I think a lot of people take delight in telling someone something that they didn't already know even though it's good news you know sometimes someone um maybe has some excellent news to share and they would and you you know that they would rather tell someone else themselves to feel Mm -hmm. that um the excitement of that moment and what happens so many times is, is that someone will say, now don't tell so-and-so I told you because I know they're going to tell you anyway, but I just have to be the first one to tell you. And is, is that gossip? You know, pretty much you can count on that being gossip because they know that they didn't want you to know, that they, mm-hmm. you, know, you basically stole their moment, so to speak, and it's not, not fair to you and not fair to them.
2: And nowhere can you have that, that first moment ever again. It's gone. So some of the luster of the moment has gone. And how so much about time you, Brian? do you how take? Do you f-
1: then okay. that we were surprised and, you know, in the end you say, well, I really already knew so-and-so told me. And then that's where you start to fracture the relationship with both people because yeah. now you've fractured the relationship with the person that started the gossip because they were... You know, you told them that you wouldn't say, say anything. <laughs> yes. And then you fracture yes. the relationship with the other person because you've outed them, so to speak. And it just becomes yeah. a kind of a vicious cycle. And it's what... Um, I'm just going to read part of a passage from Don Miguel Ruiz. And he says, Gossip is black magic at its very worst because it is pure poison. We learned how to gossip by agreement. When we were children... We heard the adults around us gossiping all the time, openly giving their opinions about other people. They even had opinions about people they didn't know. Emotional poison was transferred along with the opinions, and we learned this is a normal way to communicate. And then he goes on later, and I think this is, for those of us who are computer savvy or use our computers, we'll kind of understand, that we'll understand this analogy that he uses, and he says, Using the analogy of the human mind as a computer, gossip can be compared to a computer virus. A computer virus is a piece of computer language written in the same language all the other code is written in, but with a harmful intent. The code is inserted into the program of your computer when you least expect it, and most of the time without your awareness. After this code has been introduced, your computer doesn't work quite right, or it doesn't function at all because the codes got so mixed up with so many conflicting messages that it stops producing good results. Human gossip works exactly the same way.
2: Wow. That was great. That was really great. Wow.
1: We, we learned wow. it from our parents and from grandparents, everyone around us, because that's how it seems that this whole society is built upon gossip and yeah, it's a wonder that there's not a whole study of it. I mean, having my background, my bachelor's is in anthropology and mm-hmm. cultural anthropology is what I enjoyed the most out of that, of that learning experience. And a lot of what you read in that field is, you know, people are going out and in, in living with different societies and living in different communities. And I've done that. I lived in Mexico a while and, how you learn about things around you is from gossip. A majority of it is gossip. And that's how you start to fit in with that community. And I, could, I didn't even start thinking about this until just now that so many books that I've read where people have gone and lived in other communities, there's probably a section in their book about gossip.
2: You're so right, and you know what? I what's so amazing, Bob. I didn't know about your cultural. I know about cultural relativity because my bachelor's degree was in sociology,
0: oh. and
2: and the whole idea of of people getting into groups, the us and them of it. I was always so drawn to the Pink Floyd idea: us, 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 and them, them, them. We're all just ordinary men, and how for some reason we. I think that through gossip we are creating groups. And I'll be frank with you. When I was a little kid, I, I started walking. I started talking at very early age, started walking at a very early age. So I was about one year old, could still walk under tables. I would hear the things people said, and for some reason I understood. I, I can't even imagine why. So I knew all the dirty secrets of our family, even though I didn't know what they meant.
1: Uh, you know, that's, that's really amazing you said that because Micah says, I've heard him say many times the same thing, that he was a little kid and that they would they would quilt, and he would be underneath the quilt hearing all yeah. of these things, and he always knew all this stuff that was going on and maybe didn't completely understand it, but that's where, I don't, this may be a bad way to say it, that's where he's probably the person that I know that least gossips about anything, and... Maybe says that's you know the gossip is how he grew up in that environment where the ladies were sewing and talking about you know all the neighbors and the relatives and I think and we it all makes you
2: feel bad. It just makes you feel bad, Brian. We didn't I, you know we we didn't ask you uh, how have you how did how have you felt when you've gossiped?
3: Um, yeah, definitely. I didn't definitely didn't feel good afterwards. And, um, yeah. you know, most of the time I noticed that even if, like like you were saying earlier, that recently as I've become more aware of, you know, the gossiping that I do and those that I'm around, um, you know, I try to almost unplug myself from the situation now. Um, yeah, but so good I, word. I always, like, I always like to try to look for, not that I, you know, unplug myself from the moment, but I just don't take in what people are saying, like I don't register these negative things, because I know that it's not it's, it's technically not even real because you know there's three sides to every story there's your side, my side, and the truth yeah. and so yeah. you know I, I always like to look at that as, as third hand information anyway because even if the person who was there is telling me that's still second hand information because that's their own perception on it, and then they're telling it to mm-hmm. me and I'm just like you said when you pat you know when you whisper into someone's ear, it always comes out different and you know, the guy who was trying to portray it, it always gets lost in translation. And so, you know, I usually like to say, you know, if anything, I try to turn the conversation around into something positive. Like, okay, he did that, but yeah. so what's the good out of that? And so, yeah. if anything, I'm trying oh, to... Oh, why?
2: Turn. Why? Once again, yeah, why did he do it? Yeah. Right. So... We have yeah, one I minute left.
1: I, I was oh, just wow. going to say, wow, the time has gone very quickly today. We only have one minute left.
2: Ryan, go ahead and finish your thought uh, to the Quiet Mind Project and Illusion as we're finishing. Go ahead.
3: Oh, um, well, are we, are we talking about the gossip, gossip still, or is that a different Yes, go segment? ahead. Yeah, you. I thought oh.
2: you were in the middle of finishing a thought. I just put the final music on for today.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, and so it's just, uh, you know, if, if you're going to speak about anybody, you might as well speak good about them, because you... You know, as, as you speak about someone, that gets back to them somehow. And so, you know, passing, it's either passing judgment or it's just passing love in some way. And so I was like to focus on
2: this in life. Feel much more. Pass love. I do too. I do too. And I selected this music, Quiet Mind Project and Illusion, because it reflects the emotions I feel after I've gossiped. I feel out of sync, out of peace, and I feel alone, separated from my, my higher calling, higher power. Brian, thank you for joining us today. We are so appreciative for your participation. Um, I send peace be with you. Namaste, my friends, and Bob, uh, I turn it over to you.
1: Thank everybody for coming, listening to the show, whether you listen to it live with us right now or later. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for being in the moment with us as you continue your week. Remember not to gossip and talk only about positive things so that positive things will return back to you. Everyone may love and fold you during this week and peace be with you.
2: And know that no matter what you say or do, you are loved. Namaste, my friend.